Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Happy Mother's Day. Yes, I have two beautiful children. I have a 22-year-old who's in ministry at another church, and um, he's still single, ladies, and we're so desperate now. He eats all our groceries that we've got a hotline set up for him now. (laughs) Robin, I thank you, Pastor Robin, and everybody looking online today. I'm very excited to be here. I just hope you will just comment um, down in the comments and let us know where you're watching from. Let us know what you're watching from. I also have a um, 17 year, 16 year old. 17? She's 17. Phew, Jeff. Phew. She's 17. I guess you left her back at the church on the camera. How about that? She's, but I also have a lot of children that I did not birth. Like last night, I was sitting in my office, and I was, it was actually yesterday afternoon, preparing for the message, and she called me from the prison. And she said, Mama Beverly, she's in there for murder. She says, you know, I'm going to be in here for a long time, but I just wanted to let you know that I love you. And then I left my office, and I was driving down William Street. Anybody ever remember growing up on William Street? Driving down, that was the thing back then, son. Driving down William Street. And I saw him pull up. And he had his wig on because he's in prostitution and he's transgender and he's also been trafficked. He's been trafficked for many, many years. And he pulled down the window and I could see that there were some more of my church people that were right near him in the vehicle, like kind of right behind him. And he rolled down the window, he was honking the horn. And he said, hey, mama. And I said, hey, son, I love you. But I think one of the most precious calls that I received this morning was from a young girl. And I remember, I remember several years ago, I had went to a hotel and a young guy was in the hotel room roughly about your age. And a young boy had come around and he was screaming, save him. I beg of you, save him, my friend, he's dying. And I saw, I walked into the hotel room and I saw a young, lifeless boy. He was laying there and he was dying of a drug overdose. He made a sound that I will never forget. It was a gurgling noise as he was taking his last breath. It's a sound I will never forget because I'll be honest with you, Jimmy, it often wakes me up in the middle of the night. And on his chest were stamped the words, no weapon formed against me shall prosper in a tattoo. And I picked him up and I thought, I'm not going to let this young boy die alone. So I picked him up and I ran my fingers through his hair. 
And the first thing that came to my mind was not, he deserves what he's getting. And the first thing that came to my mind was not, you're a nuisance to society or you're making my taxes. None of that ever came to my mind. But the first thing that came to my mind is this is somebody's son. This is somebody's grandson. And right beside of him was a lifeless young girl. And it was very evident that she was being prostituted. I called 911. They were able to come and administer a substance called Narcan, if you're familiar with that. Miraculously, both of them were brought back to life. If you're watching this morning, by chance you're fumbling through Facebook and you just happen to see this message, Mama Beverly, she still loves you. I walked around the corner of that hotel room and another young woman ran out to me and she was weeping. She needed a pregnancy test. It was very evident that she was in prostitution and she herself told me she had been trafficked. But Kevin, she was also a trafficker herself because often people who are trafficked will traffic others. And so I walked into her room. I had a conversation with her. We were able to put her in rehab, get her to safety, get her the classes, get her the things that she needed. She had not seen her daughter in eight years. She's now reunited with her daughter. She has become a peer support specialist. And the sweetest call I received was this morning at 8.05 a.m. when she said, Happy Mother's Day. Mama Beverly, I love you. And I need to thank you, thank you, thank you and this ministry for what you're doing. And I told her, I said, I'm on my way to Mount Olive, PH. She said, thank them. Because I'm a life that's been changed because of Mount Olive, PH. And she says, I got to tell you one more thing. And I said, what is it? She said, the Lord is calling me into ministry. The Lord is calling me into ministry. Don't you believe that our God can do it? Don't you believe that our God can do it? So happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to the birth moms. Happy birthday uh, to moms who have adopted children, to stepmoms. Happy, happy Mother's Day. I want to say happy birthday. Is that okay? I want to sing it. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you who have mentored someone else and loved on someone else. I want to share a message with you. I was reading a story. It was nestled in the Bible, uh, in the middle of the Bible, and I was reading the story, and it's called, What Do You Do When You Don't Even Know What to Do? Has anybody ever been there before? Have you online ever been there before? What do you do when you just don't even know what to do? At the end of the year last year, I was on my way to Raleigh to speak and to minister to a group of people, and I had received a call from my husband. My husband told me, he said, I have some pain in my chest, and I believe I have some acid reflux. 
And we talked it through, and I said, I very well think you have acid acid reflux. I said, I can tell you your problem right now. He's a health nut. He will eat all the things that I will not eat. He loves clean eats. I'm going to give them an advertisement right now. He loves eating tree roots and all this stuff and probiotics. And he's always on keto. Me, I believe in Cheetos. (laughs) And so he called me and he said, I've got this reflux. I said, honey, you need to eat some good food for a change. Go get you a bag of Funyuns, a moon pie, and some double-stuffed white chocolate-covered Oreo cookies, and you'll be just fine. I said, do you want me to turn around and come back? He said, no, that's not necessary. I went, I spoke, and my phone kept ringing right during the altar call. It would buzz. Sometimes I keep my phone just to look up a scripture or to make sure I'm on time. And and it would buzz at me, and I thought, well, my family knows not to call me. They know my schedule when I'm speaking. Don't call mom when she's speaking. But it it kept ringing and ringing and ringing. And I knew that something was wrong. And I got the call that I did not want to hear. I am so sorry. But your husband has a massive blood clot. And we just don't know if he's even going to make it. It's a miracle that he's alive. The blood clot, which we found out was hereditary, led to a massive heart attack. And they told me, they said, the man is a miracle to be alive. It was followed by a long hospital stay. A long hospital stay. Then he came home and uh, went back because he wasn't feeling good and then came home again. During that process, he began to get sick and he thought he may have COVID. He checked himself into a hotel room. He said, I don't want the rest of the family to get sick. The more I thought about it, Pastor Jeff, and sat there, I thought, you know what? When I took my vows, they were for better or for worse. I called him up and I said, get home. I'm going to take care of you. And so he came home. My son, who is um, on pastoral staff at the first church, said, Mom, I need to have a COVID test. I need to make sure that uh, we protect everybody that I'm associated with in ministry. He said, but I'm a little scared. Is it okay that I tell all the single women in here that you were just a little scared? (laughs) I'm a little scared. I said, I'll go with you. There's nothing to it. I went with him. He tested negative, but Mama was positive. Mama was positive and daddy was positive, and so we sent our children away, not to Disneyland, but we sent them away, and we stayed together. My husband began to have terrible symptoms of COVID, and I was very fearful and filled with panic. So fearful and so feared with panic. Have you ever been there before? To where I would allow the enemy to attack and play on my mind. Let me tell you that some of Satan's greatest weapons are psychological. He wants to wipe you out. So for me, as I was battling with the sickness, the main symptom that I was having was the battle of fear and the battle of panic. So bad, so bad that I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't read my Bible. I would not pray. 
But what I would do is I would let the fear and the panic take over to where I began to plan my funeral. As a matter of fact, uh, my husband was laying in the recliner. He was resting. And in my mind, Pastor Jeff, the devil is attacking me. He's trying to wipe me out with fear, panic. Listen to what I'm saying. I don't care how spiritual you are, how anointed you are, how gifted you are. The enemy will still try to thwart his tax at you. And so I begin to chew on that fear and I begin to chew on that panic. He's laying in the recliner. I go in there and I shout, get up. He's like, what do I need to get up for? I said, we're both going to die. We're both going to die. And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, we're going to die. And, and here I am in the community. You didn't know when you came to hear mama today that she was going to embarrass you, did you? Here I am in the community. I said, these people will be coming in our home. They'll be bringing food. They'll be going in our refrigerator. I said, we need to clean out the refrigerator. He looked back at me and he said, woman, you don't even cook. I said, I said we need to clean out the refrigerator and we've got some important business to do. He said, what have we got to do? I said, we need to clean out the underwear drawer. He said, what do you mean we got to clean out the underwear drawer? I said, I'm not letting nobody in this town and this community come in and find out that we have holes in our underwear. It's not every day that you'll hear about underwear being preached from a Pentecostal holiness podium, is it? But that was bothering me. And y'all can laugh all you want to, but y'all know that the holy underwear are the best fitting, best wearing kind of underwear. I got in my car because I couldn't be around other people. I began to drive myself around. And instead of saying, all my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. I was planning my funeral songs and I stopped at the stop sign and I began to sing, go rest high on the mountain. I walked back into my house door and my husband said, we are not going to be defeated. We are not going down. He had a CD. Some of you are too young to know what a CD is, but we put on the scriptures, honey. We started praying the scriptures from sun up until sundown, got back in the word of God, started praying and crying out to God. And I began to say, Satan, no weapon formed against me or my household shall prosper in the name of Jesus. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Some cover up. Some just give up. Some deny they have a problem, and some do what I did. They panic. Let me tell you something this morning, and this is good for you to write it in the comments there. It's good for you to write it, our online audience. It is not the crisis that will destroy you. It is not the crisis that will destroy you. What will destroy you is what you do or do not do during the crisis. That's going to be what destroyed you. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open to Second Chronicles um, chapter 20. Now, I'm going to be skipping around. I found this story, and it was about a king, a king called Jehoshaphat. Now, when you read in verse 1, it said it happened after this that the people of Moab 
with the people of Ammon and others, and the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. So setting this up for you, you have this king. Jehoshaphat is actually a descendant of King David. He was a man that pursued God. He loved God. He even found favor with God. But you've got Jehoshaphat, and he has these three nations that are coming up against him, or these three countries. They're actually around um, eight um, miles right before they're going to meet the state capital, and they their intentions is to wipe out Jehoshaphat and all of his men. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea from Syria. And Jehoshaphat feared. He reacted like a lot of us would react, right? He feared. And then he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. Let me tell you, what do you do when you don't know what to do? The first thing you're going to do is you're going to go to God in prayer. Prayer is a powerful weapon. It should be your first resort. So Judah gathered together and asked help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So you've got mamas, you've got grandmamas, you've got all these children lined up with King Jehoshaphat. And they want to pray. They want to um, fast and seek help from God. Let me tell you, when you're going through what you're going through, you need to get your support team. You don't need warriors. You need warriors on your side. Did you hear what I said? You don't need warriors. You need warriors. If the advice being whispered in your ear is not godly, biblical-based advice, it won't work. You need to run from it. So in verse 5, you see that Jehoshaphat, he has gathered his team and they are going to cry out to God in prayer. The prayer went something like this. O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nation? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to uh, withstand you? And you see here that they're praying and they're crying out to God. I want you to know that their prayers were just like a nuclear bomb for their situation. They were just as strong as a nuclear bomb. Our God, will you not judge them? Then they begin to humble themselves, for we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. They didn't know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Once they put their eyes upon God, once you put your eyes upon God for your situation, everything starts to change. Everything starts to change. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men that was standing there in the assembly, and he said, Listen, all of you of Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you. I believe the Lord wants to say this to someone today. Maybe you are struggling in your marriage and you walked into this door on this Mother's Day and you're thinking, oh, if she only knew what I was going through. My husband has walked out on me. He's rejected me. My wife has walked out on me. She's rejected me. I am standing right smack dab in the middle of the season of I just don't know what to do. Maybe for you it's your health. Maybe you are just like I was all those years ago when I heard the words, Miss Weeks, I'm so sorry but we have found a lump. 
Maybe it is you have a prodigal child this morning and you're worried and you're concerned about the prodigal child. These words are for you. Listen, all of you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Let me tell you something. When we think that the battle is ours, we get in trouble. But when we relinquish the battle to God, I am telling you that victory is sure to follow. He said, tomorrow go down and you're going to see them. Position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. For a lot of us, it's hard to stand still, isn't it? For a lot of us, you're like me. Sometimes I want to go ahead and solve the situation and say, Lord, let me give you a little bit of advice here. Lord, if you would do it this way, maybe it would work out a little bit quicker. But he said, stand still and then you will see the deliverance of the Lord. Then it tells you that Jehoshaphat, they bowed their head. They bowed their head, and, and then they started to pray, and, 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 they, and they started to worship. They were standing still, waiting for God to arrive on the scene. I remember when I received the message. I was talking to an SBI agent, and, and, and we were on our phones, and we were communicating, and I found out that there was this woman that she wanted me dead. She wanted to wipe me out. How many of you know when you take the livelihood away from a pimp, they're not always happy about it? How many of you know that when you take the livelihood away from a drug dealer, they're not always happy about it? And so I remember on that particular day, I was sitting in my car and I just began to throw my hands up and I just began to pray and I was crying out to God and I just began to weep. God, here I am serving you. I'm, I'm, I'm in ministry. I'm pouring out and this woman wants me dead. And God, it is very evident. She's describing here in this message how she's going to take me out. And I'm privy to this information. And my heart was filled with fear just like Jehoshaphat was. I remember the first thing I did was pick up my phone and I called my husband at the hospital. I just wanted to talk to him. I wanted to talk it through with him to let him know that this woman wanted me dead. And I was full of fear, and I need you to come quickly. I need you to talk, to talk to me about this. Help me walk this out. But there was no answer. The next person I called was my son. But how many of you know when you call a son or a teenager, if you don't say, Mommy has a free, dollar bill, a free $20 bill, they don't always answer when we want them to answer, do they? I called my daughter. I thought, let me just hear her sweet voice. No answer. And then I called my pastor because I thought, let me just talk it through with him. I'm filled with so much fear, so much hurt, so much pain. I know that my pastor can walk it out with me, but he didn't answer. I sat there, I began to put the praise music on, uh, Pastor Jeff, and I, I just began to cry out to God. I began to weep. I began to moan. I began to groan in front of him. I put on that music, and I was listening to that music, and I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, listen to me, you've done it all wrong. Your husband cannot be your God. 
Your children cannot be your God. Your pastor cannot meet all your needs. He cannot be your God. But I'm your God. Once you seek me, then you'll find victory. Once you seek me, then you'll find victory. Here we have Jehoshaphat. He's taking his men out. And guess what they begin to do? Not only do they begin to pray because they don't know what to do, but they begin to praise. They begin to praise. They begin to praise like this. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. They didn't only praise God before their battle, but they praised God in the middle of the battle and even after the battle. Do you recognize as children of God, as Christians, that prayer and praise are two of our most powerful weapons? Now when they began to sing and praise to the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the people. The Lord set ambushes against the people, and they were defeated. So what happens is during their prayer, during their praise, you've got these three mighty armies coming against this small little army, and the spirit of confusion came against them, and they began to wipe their own selves out. They begin to destroy their own selves. Let me tell you, it's just like gossip. I despise gossip. Don't y'all despise gossip. I will be out working, and I'll be honest with you. You know, Beverly, she gets real with you guys. She gets transparent. I will hear something about myself or read something about myself, and I, I will start reading it, and I'm thinking, whoo, I don't even like that woman myself. How could she do that? And I'm thinking, you didn't do that. And my first, first thing that I want to do is defend myself. We're like that oftentimes, don't we? We want to defend ourselves. Then's when the Holy Spirit quickens, this is not your battle. You are my child. You're my daughter. This is my battle. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit will vindicate you. He will work for you. So they begin to sing. They begin to, um, they begin to praise. And Kevin, if you'll come on up here and play softly, it makes me wind down. But they begin to sing and they begin to praise. And the three heathen nations were destroyed. They were destroyed. You got to host that. And his army, they had absolutely no idea. What do I do? What do I do? I got a mother right now with three different sons in jail. All three sons are in jail for three different murders. What do I do, Beverly, when I just don't know what to do? I've got another mother who, she has a daughter that was rescued out of human trafficking about the same time as the other young lady I was telling you about. And she's fallen prey right back into it. Oftentimes, women in domestic violence or in human trafficking, it takes seven times, seven times before you can get them to safety. That mother was reunited with her daughter but now she's fallen prey right back to the drug addiction and to the trafficking. And the mother called me the other day and she says, what do I do? I just don't know what to do. 
And then in the background, you can hear a little girl screaming because her mom has left her again. Saying, where is God? Miss Beverly, help me. What do I do? My mommy has left me. Maybe you're there today. And you're finding yourself right smack dab in the middle of the battle. And you walked in and you're thinking, or you're watching online and you're thinking, I couldn't even walk in the church this morning. If she only knew the shame and the guilt that I felt. What do I do, Beverly? Because I just don't know what to do. You could very well be watching and you're just like the woman was when I was in jail with her a few weeks ago. A pastor asked me, Pastor Jeff, he said, let me ask you a question. Can you love the trafficker as much as you love the one who is being trafficked? I worked closely with the SBI with a college student that was being trafficked and we were able to get the college student to safety and get her in a safe house. And then I walked into the jail that day and I saw her, the trafficker. I knew that she knew who I was. I knew that she knew that I was one of the people who was very well responsible for the reason why she was in jail. And I walked up to her and I looked her in the eye and I said, let me tell you something. No matter what you've ever done, no matter where you've ever been, No matter what hurt, no matter what pain you've ever caused, in my God's eyes, you still have your same value. And he loves you. And there is forgiveness for you. I remember just two weeks ago, she called me up. She said, I have taken a plea deal and I am being released but I just don't know what to do. It's very easy to just turn your back and say, you go help yourself. But I knew as a child of God that I needed to say, my God loves you, and I'm going to try to help you get the resources and the help and the therapy that you need. What do you do when you just don't know what to do? Jehoshaphat began to pray, and he began to praise. The prayer and the praise led to victory of the battle, but it led to something else. Because they had been faithful, it says, when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they come and they found all these valuables among the dead bodies precious jewelry which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away it took them three days to carry away the spoil all the things that they could garnish God blessed them and had favor upon them why because they had been faithful they had 
the faith that Amy was singing about. What does it mean to have faith? F-A-I-T-H. For all I trust him. No matter how bad the situation looks. No matter what it feels like. Right now, where I'm at, Beverly, in this season, no matter where it looks like, no matter what it feels like, for all, I will trust him. Stand with me, please. If you'll bow your heads and close your eyes and no one's looking around. Jehoshaphat's faith was shaken. I remember it. Last October, my faith was shaken. My husband's faith was shaken. I'm looking over in a recliner and I'm seeing a man who's crying out to me and saying, let's get in the word of God. Let's speak the scriptures over our life. And I look at him and I'm thinking, he has lost his eyesight. He had lost his eyesight, had a massive blood clot, had a massive heart attack. And instead of acting in fear, he's over there ministering, ministering through his struggle, ministering through his battle. What do you do when you just don't know what to do? Have you lost your job? Maybe during COVID you've lost your job and you're looking for work, you're looking for employment, you've been laid off. Jehoshaphat prayed and he praised. Do you find yourself in pain? Maybe you received that diagnosis this week and It's been disheartening. It's been frustrating. Jehoshaphat prayed and he praised. Maybe you are watching online and you're saying, Oh, please find my daughter. There's not a week that goes by that I don't get a call when you're out in the hotel on Monday. Would you look for my daughter? Would you look for my son? Jehoshaphat, he prayed and he praised. Temptations. Oh, but you don't understand. I'm struggling with temptations. This thing looks good. This person looks good to me. This opportunity looks good. This alcohol looks good. This drug looks good. This pornography looks good. Pornography is even fueling the fire for trafficking. Jehoshaphat prayed and he praised. While nobody's looking around, if you would say, you would get real and you would get transparent with me, or you're online from home and you've been listening to the message and you said, I am in a season where I don't know what to do. And you would just type in the comments there, I don't know what to do. That would let Pastor Robin Hall and her team immediately, immediately her team is right now um, in another room and they're praying. All you have to do is type in the comments, I don't know what to do. You don't even have to say what the situation is. And Miss Robin and her team are going to pray for you right now. How about inside? 
on this Mother's Day and you would while nobody's looking around and you would just slip your hand up and you would say, I am in a season where I just don't know what to do. I have a struggle and I need prayer this morning and you would just slip your hand up and slip it back down and you would say, yes, 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 everywhere, anybody else. I just, yes, yes, I, I just don't know. I see you, yes, I just don't know what to do. Let me take it another step. You're online and you're watching or you're here in the service and you would say, look, I used to know this Jesus, but I've stepped away from him. And I need him to come into my heart and to cleanse me and to save me from my sins. I want to not leave this place the same way I came. I need Jesus. I need to ask him in. Would you just slip your hand up and slip it back down? Anyone? Yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Thank you, ma'am, for your honesty, for your transparency. Anybody else? I need Jesus. I need him to come into my heart and to save me from my sins. Anybody else? Online, you can just put it right there. I need Jesus. Ma'am, you raised your hand. I want you to just pray this prayer along with me and anybody else that you feel like you need. You want to ask Jesus. You want today to be a new day. Dear Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner. God, I ask you to come into my heart and to forgive me of my sins. Make me new again, Lord. I cannot do this on my own, Father. I believe you died on the cross for me. I do believe that you're a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. Oh, God, I ask you to save me. Forgive me, Lord. Make me new. Wash me clean. I believe you're going to come back for me, Lord, and that I am your child. And I accept you as my Savior. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. We praise God for this salvation and the two that we had earlier today. Pastor Jeff, I want you to come. Because there were many that raised their hand. And they're in the season of, I just don't know what to do. I'm frustrated. I'm full of fear. I'm full of worry and concern, and I just don't know what to do. And I want us to pray. Amen. Let's bow together and pray for one another. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we pray right now, Lord, for people today that are hurting in that season of I don't know what to do. God, you're a God who gives direction and wisdom and strength, encouragement, Lord. We're believing you, God, to help your people, God. You tell us, God, that you will, you're our shepherd, God, and you will lead us and guide us even through the, the valley of the shadow of death. We will fear no evil, for you are with us. So, Lord, just be with your people right now, Lord, and just encourage. Lord, do miracles in their lives right now, whatever it may be, Lord, in their home, in their marriage, God, at their work, with their financial situation, whatever it may be, God. We're believing you, Lord, right now. We plead the blood of Jesus over every need here and declare victory right now in your name, Lord, in your name, that you're able to do all things. And with you, Lord Jesus, all things are possible. 
So God, we're just releasing those things to you right now. We're, we're casting our cares upon you. And God, that you would just be the helper to us that we need. And God, that you would lift us, Lord, through whatever we're going through. And we're going to praise you. We're going to praise you. We're going to seek you. And we're going to praise you. And thank you for what you're doing so you will be glorified in it all. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. I want you just to stay right there in that frame of prayer. I'm going to ask Beverly, Rick, Tyler, would y'all come forward? I want to. I just feel led to, to pray over y'all and for our church to pray over you for protection, for passion, for power, his anointing over you guys. Let's, let's, stand, let's extend our hands out to this family here and their ministry. And let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the calling upon this family. God, we thank you, Lord, for how you're using them, Lord, for the kingdom of God. We thank you, Lord, for the many lives that have been changed and rescued, Lord. And we pray, God, for just a greater harvest to come, Lord. And God, as they trust in you, God, for every decision going forward, we pray, God, that you would, God, pour out your anointing over them that no weapon formed against them would prosper. And God, that they would continue to be more than conquerors through you, God. And Lord, we know, Lord, that we all go through different seasons. And God, I just sense in my heart right now, God, that you're doing a new thing, God, in this ministry. And I pray, God, that you would lead the way, Holy Spirit, that you would guide and direct and you would just, God, use use this ministry for your glory, God. And I just thank you so much, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for every one of those young ladies and young men that have been impacted by this ministry. And God, we just pray, Lord, that you would continue to to work and open doors for more to come to know you as Savior, Jesus. That you would continue to grow your kingdom through this ministry. We thank you for Beverly, God. We thank you, Lord, for her heart, her love for you. We thank you, God, for her passion. Just renew all of them right now. Renew a steadfast spirit within them, O God. Not to give up, not to quit, but to keep the faith and to trust you for even greater things to be done. In Jesus' name we claim it and for his glory.